Amen. Let's open our let's open our Bibles today, please. To the book of Ephesians. I know that you knew what book we're going to open to today, but I have good news. This is the last day. Uh, although I will take the liberty for those of you who didn't bring your Bible today uh, to tell you that our text today is on page number 789 in that red Bible right there in front of you. So if you pull that out of the book racks, 789, I think you'll find uh, Ephesians chapter 6. As you're looking for that, let me invite you to our midweek service this, uh, this Wednesday. Uh, please put this in your schedule. You'll enjoy it. We call it a prayer service. We don't call on people to pray, so relax. Uh, but uh, we do quite a bit of praying. And uh, it's a great time, time of fellowship. You will enjoy it. Just uh, put it in your schedule, and uh, I'll tell you, you'll be energized. Uh, I call it the engine of our church. Uh, it's the thing that drives us. It uh, gives us the strength, the energy to, uh, to continue on. Uh, today we're in our last message on the book of Ephesians, and we're beginning to read today in verse number 10. And uh, isn't that first word appropriate? Finally. And you're sitting there saying, finally. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. Uh, several things you can underline in your Bible as we go along. The word stand is mentioned a number of times. Stand. Stand against. That's what believers have to do in our world. Uh, we have to stand against things. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against, notice this, against, again, uh, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts, that's the armies, of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse number 12 is talking about the, uh, a spiritual mafia. The devil's mafia, made up of fallen angels that uh, followed him in his original rebellion against God. That's who we're against, verse 12. You might say, boy, that settles a lot of things. No wonder life is so tough. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to what? To stand. In the midst of our battles with uh, the devil's mafia, the Lord says, listen, I want you to stand. Now, I know that from time to time we get knocked down and sometimes we get knocked out. But God's will is for us to get back up, to stand up, and to continue to stand. Look at verse 14. Stand, therefore having girded your waist with truth. And I'd like for you to circle these items. The, the first word is truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, circle that word righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, circle gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, uh, just underline or circle the word faith. And uh, 
which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And we know that's the devil. The word fiery darts simply mean fiery circumstances, circumstances that you can't handle by yourself. And taking the helmet of salvation, circle or underline salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. Now, verse 18 is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Praying always with all prayer. Of course, circle prayer. Uh, All prayer and supplication in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me. He says, I want you to be praying all the time for all the people you know who are believers, but don't leave me out. Paul says, include me in your prayer list. Uh, That utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, I know that you know, because you've been here a number of weeks now, that Paul writing this is in jail. And it would only seem natural that he would say, hey, listen, pray that my uh, trial comes up soon because I'm getting tired of this place. Or pray that I can get out of here or pray that we can have a jailbreak and I can get out of this place. But he says, listen, I want you to pray that I'll be a good witness for Christ while I'm in here because I know that I'm in here for God's purpose. That's what he says in verse 20. I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I'm locked up because God wants me to be locked up. Uh, I'd like to talk to you this morning about developing new strength for facing difficult circumstances. Uh, You know, it's easy for us to come together on Sunday and do church. Uh, It's easy to come to church and go through all the expected motions Uh, And it's so easy to fall into that little rut or groove we call church. We uh, pass our cliches around. God will always take care of you. God never lays more on you than you can handle. And we go on and on. And these little things have been passed down to us from our ancestors. But uh, as we view America today, things are getting harder in America. And this is the reason why. As our country drifts away from God under the banner of political correctness, uh, God will give America what it wants. And the reason why I say that is because I've been doing a lot of reading in the Old Testament, and that's exactly what happened in the Old Testament. Uh, Israel kept pushing God out of their life, and God finally said, okay, if that's what you want. The scripture says righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. And and so we're seeing America follow ancient Israel as it pushed God out of its life. Uh, Not only has our country decayed, but it's under constant satanic attack. Uh, America... The old America has been a city on a hill for the rest of the world, a model. But now we're becoming just like them. Uh, You know, I I hear some of the older people in the church saying, boy, I I miss the good old days. Well, some of our people in America don't know what the good old days were. Uh, We're not going back there. We're going future and the future doesn't look bright. But this is what's going to happen. As America gets worse, the church 
will probably get better. In order to rise to the challenge of a decaying country, the church has to take a stronger stand than ever in the world. And, you know, we've been reading the Bible for years and we've been looking at the church and we we find it hard to match our church with the church in the Bible. It doesn't look exactly like the church of the Bible. Well, I submit to you today that in the days ahead, it will look more and more like the church of the Bible. And God's people will have to become more and more like the people who were persecuted uh, in New Testament times because they simply named the name of Christ. Uh, we're going to have to rely upon God more and more as the source of our strength and support. And so I put together on your notes there a few verses that uh, we can begin with. This is just our introduction for this morning. Uh, John 6, 68. Let's read this together. But Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, as times get tougher in our world, where will people turn to? Well, many people will turn to the Lord and for sure the church will. The church will say what Peter said, Lord, who else do we have to go to? You're the one that have the words of, of eternal life. And on Wednesday night recently, I gave a message on memorizing verses of Scripture in the Bible, and I gave them several to start to memorize. The next one is Philippians 4.13. And this verse has been a part of my life from the very beginning. Let's read it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I rely upon that verse. That verse doesn't mean that you can be a brain surgeon or an astronaut. It means that you can face everything the world throws at you with the strength of Christ. That's what that verse means. Uh, whenever you get beat up and knocked around, uh, the Lord t told through Paul to the Philippian church, listen, you can do it all. You can withstand it through the power of Christ. A kindred verse is also Philippians 4.19, and let's read that together. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, we have this promise in the Bible that God will supply our need. Not our desire, not what we wish for, but simply our basic needs. We're going to have to rely upon this in the future. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.16 is another good verse for us to consider this morning. Let's read it together. Therefore... We do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Even though we're getting older and we're, we're, we're like wrestling with all the situation, physical situations that that entails, and, and if we want to heap on all the issues of our economy even though our outward man is perishing, is disappearing, the inner man is being renewed day by day. And so Paul here, in verse number 10 of Ephesians 6, says this, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He just doesn't say, hey, listen, get strong. You can, you can do it. You can face it. He says, get strong in the Lord. Uh, none of us have enough strength to face what's in front of, front of us in the future. 
And really what he's saying here is, I want you to draw closer to God. Have fellowship with God. Dealing with all that the world throws your way is depleting. It really is. Some of you, when you come home for the day after you've worked a long day, you're just completely knocked out. I mean, you're completely run down physically and emotionally. You're spent. You're running on empty. That's what the world does to us. It saps our energy. That's why we have Isaiah 40, 31. I love this, and let's read it together. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It's like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Uh, There is a way that you and I can gain energy from the Lord, and that's to wait on him. That's to draw close to him, to have fellowship with him, and to have communion with him. Now, we don't get that racing through life. You know, we don't get that getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning and collapsing at 11 o'clock at night and not even letting God be a part of our world that day. That doesn't happen. We have to have communion with God on purpose. Uh, Corrie Tin Boone says, don't pray to God when you feel like it. Make an appointment with the king and keep it. And so we have to say, hey, listen, Lord, you're so important to me that, uh, that I'm going to set aside this part of my life for you uh, so that I can be renewed. Look at that. Shall renew our strength. Well, what does this mean? This means that all of us need to be in the presence of the Lord. We need to have fellowship with God. And as we have fellowship with God, it gives us strength and energy and emotion and vitality uh, to be strong in the Lord. The second thing we see here in verse number 11 is we have wicked spiritual forces that are arrayed against us. Uh, There is a, a vast horde of them that are against us. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, the tricks of the devil. How does the devil come at us? Well, he's tricky. Uh, He'll not fight fair. Uh, He wraps himself in light and actually looks like something good. You know, uh, Satan comes at us, and in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen it says, But I am not surprised even Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. Uh, he uses the Bible. Uh, you know, if, if we could recognize, if we saw the devil coming at us, he's, he's red, he's got horns, he's got, he's got pitchfork in each hand, I'll tell you what, uh, it'd be easy to run the other way, wouldn't it? But he doesn't come at you that way. He comes at you as an angel of light. He comes at you in disguise, and I'm sure many times he uses the Bible to get you diverted in your spiritual walk. Isn't that exactly what he did to Jesus in Matthew chapter 4? He tempted Jesus and he spouted the Bible. He quoted the Bible to Jesus. He misquoted it, but he quoted it. Nonetheless, he used it. Uh, He catches us off guard. 
1 Peter 5.8 says this, uh, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He surprises us. How many people you know have said, you know, I'll tell you, I was just going about my life and all of a sudden I was blindsided. It was like, whoa, I got knocked down. Well, that's what Peter says the devil does. Have you ever seen those programs on television about lions when they go out for lunch? You know, that thing just kind of moves. It's big, but it moves so carefully and so quietly and just waits. And then all of a sudden... It's lunchtime. Uh, there's no help for the prey. Well, that's what Peter said. Be sober. Be on the lookout. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking who may devour. Uh, Paul wrote this while he was chained to a Roman soldier. And so he began to say to his people, listen, this is what you're up against. Now, this is a fearful thing. It really is because you know people that Satan has just rolled over, rolled over them, don't you? I mean, they were just like trying to do the right thing and mind their own business, and all of a sudden, like a steamroller, here comes the devil. Well, uh, our third thought for this morning is we need to stand up against these attacks. These attacks come, uh, attacks come by... Fallen angels, these are demons created by God, but following Satan in his rebellion. There's no surrender in this war. Uh, that's why he tells us how to get ready for combat. Uh, it's hand-to-hand combat, really, because have you ever seen how close wrestlers get to one another? It's cozy, isn't it? It's not pretty. What an awful thing to be a wrestler. Excuse me, wrestlers. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's too close for comfort, right? And, but that's the way the Bible describes our interaction with our enemy. It's hand-to-hand combat. Everyday conflicts with evil. And you're sitting here this morning and you're saying, Boy, I know what, you, what you're talking about, Pastor, because I, I feel like evil has come after me recently like nothing I've ever experienced. Well, you know, it's good to know that. It really is. Uh, You know, the people in the world say, listen, you know, I'm just not a lucky person. I guess I've run out of my luck. Well, listen, if you're a believer walking in the ways of the Lord, Satan has put you in his crosshairs. And he's tracking you. Just waiting for the kill. Just waiting, waiting to blow up your life. Uh, And so we have to be careful. And how do we do that? We begin to put on these things called the armor of God. Uh, Look at verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Put this belt around you, the belt of truth. Uh, Under all circumstances, you and and I have to be people of truth. Uh, God's church is an army of truth. It really is. Please don't misunderstand us, though. We are not the epitome of truth. Sometimes we don't know what the truth is on every situation. And sometimes we're just learning about the truth in different situations. But we aspire to the truth because Jesus is the truth, right? 
Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except he comes through me. And so the church is the army of the truth. It sure looks like it's out of step with everyone, doesn't it? Uh, it is. I hope our church is out of step. Others are marching to a different drumbeat, and so are we. Uh, people look at you, the people of the church, and they say, listen, something wrong with you. You're not going in our direction. The answer is we're not going in your direction. We're going in another direction whatsoever, completely different from your direction. And so they're out there, and the world is looking at us and saying, hey, listen, those people are Jesus people, and I can't figure them out for the world. And we're looking at them like this, and we're saying, listen, those people are people like the world, and we can't figure them out for the world. We're marching to a different drumbeat than the people of the world. And we are trying to work on the basis of truth. Now, we don't always do it, but we're trying to aspire to that. Put on the belt of truth. Then the breastplate of righteousness. What's that mean? That means that we are to propagate to this world, extol the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. Jesus is perfectly righteous. He is holy. He is perfect. And we are the opposite of that. We are unholy. We are imperfect. We are sinners. And there's only one way that we can ever stand in the presence of a perfect holy God. And that's to have God's righteousness imparted to us as a free gift by faith. And that we call the great exchange. Um, uh, and so let's put on this breastplate of righteousness. That's the righteousness that was given to us by Christ. And then, uh, it's interesting, as this thing unfolds, look at verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere you go, uh, get ready to share the gospel. And I know that sometimes you don't feel, about, you don't feel like it. You're worn out. You're tired and you're depressed. And you echoing in your head is some pastor somewhere, maybe me, saying, Pastor, you've got to be on the alert because somebody out there needs a good message for Christ, a message of peace in their life. Uh, no matter how much trouble we face, we are trying to prepare people for eternity. Uh, Paul didn't ask people to pray for his release. He said, listen... Uh, I'm in a lot of trouble in here. I'm chained to two Roman soldiers. Pray that I can share with these people how they can have peace in their heart. Uh, isn't that the final analysis? Let's always be ready. You know, I've had people say to me, my life is so messed up, I can't ever think about sharing the, the good message of Christ with somebody else. Well, we're supposed to think about it. It should always be on our mind. I mean, when we wake up in the morning, I mean, that ought to be on our brain. How can I... Open up the door to tell people that the answer to the, to the sickness of their life is Christ. Uh, and then he says, take the shield of faith in verse 16, which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Uh, back in those days, as you know, they had shields and, uh, and uh, people would shoot arrows, flaming arrows at them. And here Paul uses this metaphor. And he says, listen, uh, Satan is out there, and he's a pretty good marksman. And he's shooting fiery circumstances at you. And just the time uh, that fiery arrow comes at you, 
God wants you to lift the shield of faith and stop it or deflect it. And he says you've got to have the shield of faith. Now, faith is important in this whole picture. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. That means using our faith. Uh, faith sees beyond uh, the present circumstances. Uh, faith is when the world comes against us, uh, we can deflect because we have a hope that lives beyond the present, a hope that sees beyond the circumstances of life. Uh, he says, listen, you've got to have this shield. Uh, and then take the helmet of salvation uh, and then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is so important. It really is. Uh, I know that you probably sit in our church from week to week and say, well, you know, will he ever let up on this issue of the Word of God? I, I, just, I just can't do it. Because the people that I know that are really becoming strong are strong in the Word. They're strong in the Word. Uh, and there's no excuse not to be, really. Because, you know, it seems like we have time for everything else, don't we? And we spend untold hours in front of the mindless television until our brain is a mush. Um, well, I'll tell you what, the Word of God is transforming. It really is. It just, it just, it's... It's so incredible. And he says, that's going to be your sword. And so when you go out uh, to work, you have to work with it. You know, if you're fighting, you have to fight with the Bible. Uh, and then prayer. To win the victory, uh, we have to pray. And so we have these points, and we'll run through them quickly. Be, be prayerful as we fight. Being an Ephesians 6 to 18 prayer is important. Uh, let's look at them. As in verse number 18, there's this word all. It's used a number of times there. Praying always. You know, there's another verse in the Bible that says pray without what? Ceasing. And I know that you've been confused over that one, haven't you? <laughs> because you've said, how do you do that? <laughs> you know, I got, when I go to work, man, I got to think I can't be praying all the time. That verse means when you can. That's what it means. Pray when you can. This is pray always with all prayer. And that means all kinds of prayer. I had some guy in our church years ago. He says, you know, my prayer life is so boring because I pray the same things all the time. Well, that's his fault. And he's not praying all kinds of prayers because there are different kinds of prayers. There are prayers of praise to the Lord. And I'll tell you, you can never grow bored with that. Uh, there are praise... Prayers of confession. And you and I never ought to be bored with that. Because don't we have a lot for which to confess to the Lord? I do. And so that's not boring. And then we have prayers of thanksgiving. <laughs> and how could we ever grow bored with that? And then we have prayers of supplication. And our lifetime is not big enough to supplicate for all the people and situations that we, that we know of. 
And so, uh, and so the frequency of prayer is to pray always. The variety of prayer is to pray all kinds of prayer. Prayers of praise, prayers of confession, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of supplication. And then in the Spirit, and I, I like this, because I'm convinced that we can't do any of this without the help of the Spirit of God. That means dependency on the Spirit. When we come to pray, let's pray first of all, Lord, help me to pray. I can't do this. Spirit, help me to pray. And then the manner. This is interesting right here. Be watchful. Look at that word watchful there in verse 18. Being watchful. You know what that means? That means don't fall asleep. How many people here have ever prayed or fallen asleep praying? Would you raise your hand? Everybody, please raise your hand. You know, I've, uh, I have this routine I've told you. I like to have an hour of devotions in the morning with the Lord, and I've just changed it recently. I'm experimenting. And I'm, I'm trying to do a half hour at night and a half hour in the morning. Uh, but here, I'll, I don't know what it was uh, here recently. I, I stayed up pretty late at night. And so I'm ready to go into my half hour with the Lord. And about 20 minutes into it, I said to myself, you know, this is not working. This is not working. I said, God's not getting anything out of this, and I'm not getting anything out of this. I think I'm in another zone right now, the twilight zone. And so, I, the, the, that's what he's saying right here. Be watchful. Stay awake. Uh, watchful to this end with all perseverance. Don't give up. Whatever it takes. You know, if the world out there in football, and I, I do have my colors on this morning, I just want you to know, folks, it's kind of subtle today, you know. It's not in your face. But, you know, what people will do in the world for sports and their business uh, here the Bible says, let's be persistent in prayer. Whatever it takes. Get tough. Say, listen, I, I'm going to do this. Um, and then, uh, what are the objects? And for all the saints, that's for me, for you. Start making lists of people for, for whom you're praying. And their needs. Pray for people by name and need. Uh, get you some lists together and write down the situations of... Of, of all your family. And don't quit. You might say, boy, you know, I've been praying and praying. I don't see any result. You know, the result's up to God. The persistence is up to us. That's our part. If the whole thing blows up, let us be people that said, listen, I did what I could do. Okay? And so let's be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, uh, so that we can start this year off with energy. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Wow, we've talked about a lot of things. Developing new strength for facing difficult obstacles. You know, God's power equals victory. It really does. Uh, in your life. And... I want you to learn to rely upon God's power. And as we're just closing the service right now, I, I want you to reach out to the Lord and
and say, Lord, you touch my heart in this service in a certain way, and I'm going to respond to you in faith, and I'm going to learn from this, and I'm going to start applying these things to my life. I'm going to be a person of truth and honesty. I'm going to be a person that doesn't wait for the perfect situation to share salvation with someone. Because, listen, the perfect situations, they're not many. They're not available very often. We have to serve the Lord in the midst of the imperfect situations of life. And, Lord, help me to be this coming new year a person of your word, Lord. Turn off the television. Go into a room, close the door. Get along with God and say, Lord, here we are. I'm making you a priority of my life. Uh, I'm not wishing to have fellowship with you. I'm having fellowship with you. And then pray that, pray that, that, that plan there. Praying always with all kinds of prayer in the spirit, being watchful with all perseverance for all the people that you know who have needs. Dear Lord, we come to you now in the close of our service and we, we ask you to take all of these thoughts that have, have jumped off the pages of the Bible for us today and just help them grow in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand together as we conclude our service and sing to the Lord. If you'd like to come and pray about anything going on in your life or the life of a friend, feel free to come. Kneel right here as we meet with the Lord.